Has a lane, 15-10, touchdown, Chargers! What's up, guys? Welcome into a Week 9 edition of Chargers Weekly. Back from the bye, here with Matt Money-Smith. Money, I think everybody needed the bye. How was your bye? Well, my bye selfishly was great. Um, it, it happened to land on my daughter's homecoming uh, out in on the East Coast. So we had a Monday night game, or no, we had a home game for uh, my middle daughter's parents' weekend up at Cal Poly Slow, and then ended up having the bye week uh, for my oldest daughter who goes to Dartmouth. So that's a heck of a long trip. So it was nice to uh, to squeeze those two in on back-to-back weekends. Really enjoyed it. I. I assume you had a great weekend as well. I saw the photos of you and the twins, and obviously with it being Halloween and stuff. Worked out very well, selfishly, for those of us that work for the team and and lose all of our weekends for uh, 18 of 19 weeks. Sundays are at a premium, right? So it was nice to – it's like the one Sunday a year – get to sit on the couch and watch red zone and and, yep. and be a fan for a day and uh we're back at it now man um back from the bye chargers four and three falcons on deck uh speaking of red zone that that falcons panthers game hmm. was insane last week it looked like the panthers were gonna win it uh eddie panero didn't eddie panero miss a, a field goal against the chargers when he was a member of the bears Sure did. Yeah, yeah. Sure did. They're he Soldier Field. 48, yeah, he misses that 48-yard extra point after the 15-yard penalty. Then he misses a 33-yarder in regulation that would have put the Panthers really right in the mix in the NFC South. But now the Falcons, 4-4, four and four, they're alone in that division. First place. Yeah, not a very good division. But um, we'll get into that matchup. But I, I want to start with this trade deadline money. Were, were you surprised the Chargers didn't make a move? Did you think it was necessary that they had to make a move? Or is it just a matter of getting guys back towards the end of the year and trying to play good football with what you got? Um, you know, I, I think there's so much nuance to that question. Um, not knowing, you know, what, you know, and, I, and look, I've said this before, like you can make the finances work. You know, you and and that's like Brandon Cooks, you got to take on 18 million bucks of guaranteed money next year, you know, so there's things like that. Um, But, you know, you can convert salary to signing bonus. You can extend like there's ways to to work that, Um, you know, you look at what the Dolphins did trading for Bradley Chubb and immediately handing him a hundred and ten million dollar contract after giving Tyree kill the richest wide receiver contract after, you know, after all those free agent signings they had in the offseason. So you can do it. I mean, it can be done. Um, then you got to ask, what's the draft capital that's required in order? Like, you know, there's a couple names that, yeah, I thought would really help this team. Brandon Cooks, we talked about it before the the Houston game. Like, to me, he's just a – you need speed on this team. You know, we talked about it last week on the bye week and just what's inhibiting this offense. There's no speed. It's just a, every defense is content to, hey, if you can beat us deep, go ahead. We don't, we don't think you can. So – I think, you know, with Robbie Anderson going to the Cardinals a couple weeks ago for a sixth and a seventh, um, you know, you got to worry about injury guarantees the following year. If he gets hurt, 12 million bucks kicks in, all that stuff. But you can make all that work. So I guess, you know, ultimately to answer your question, yes. I I think considering Mike is down for a while, Keenan's hamstring has proven to be a a real issue instead of a, a minor injury, I would have really liked to see them I would have really have liked to have seen them acquire a receiver, particularly someone with speed. Um, and again, that's just me not knowing, you know, what what was being 
you know, requested in a, in a give back, you know, what trade picks are you sending back to Houston for cooks or, you know, what kind of injury guarantees or what kind of contract demands is Robbie Anderson making if he's going to come to your team, you know, considering he was a bit of a malcontent in Carolina, like all that stuff I'm not privy to, but um, just to answer your question. Yeah. I, I would have really have liked to have seen them acquired a pass rusher um, and a wide receiver. I, I think this team is good enough. I think they're, I think they are good enough to get into the playoffs. And if they are getting healthy by the end of the year, I would hate to see them miss the postseason because this middle stretch where they have just been ravaged by injuries has cost them a couple games and they end up missing the playoffs by a game or two. And then, you know, we're sitting in week 18 and Joey Bosa's healthy and Keenan's healthy and Mike's healthy and Rashawn Slater is ready to come back. And it's like, you know, it's just, I think that's where the frustration comes in. It's like, man, they they need help these next three, four weeks to try to go 500 over the next four games. Yeah, these next three games, at Atlanta, at San Francisco, and then home for Kansas City. Nightmare. Money, this offense, right, it it doesn't sound good with Keenan um, for this week. We know Mike's going to be out. So the wide receiving core, if Josh Palmer plays, who just got out of concussion protocol, it's Palmer, it's DeAndre Carter, it's Michael Bandy. It's Jason Moore. Um, you mentioned the speed a couple of weeks ago and last week, too, and there's no speed on the field. I, I, I wonder what Joe Lombardi can do to kind of maybe change how they play offense over these next couple of weeks, knowing that you don't have your your best deep threat and maybe your best receiver in Mike Williams and your, your one and 1A one in, in Keenan Allen. And you can give Austin the ball – a bunch of times, but I mean, you can't give it to him 35 times, right? So, so, so how do you make this offense work? Do you make Spiller more featured? Do you give Michelle more carries? Do you try to be a, a run heavy offense and, you know, take your shots when, when you can, it, it's kind of tricky based on the current personnel that they have. Yeah. You know, I think, look, I wish I had the answer to that. And I, I yeah. feel bad for Joe. Cause I have no idea how you do it. You know, this is a, a defense and you saw walk, you know, PJ Walker last week, light him up for 350 yards, you know, and DJ Moore have a career day. So it's a bad pass defense. Um, and you've got Justin Herbert back there, but now Justin's trying to develop chemistry in, in the middle of the season with Jason Moore, Michael Bandy, Deandre Carter, you know, without his, two go-to guys out there, you know, without Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, two dudes he implicitly trusts. Um, and I think we saw that in the Seattle game where Bandy's getting open, but it's just it's something's off, you know, like the pass is either too far in front of him or Bandy's not able to come back or like he's just flat. He's not flattening out the route enough or he, he is flattening out. Like it just seemed like something was a little bit off with those two. And I think that's a chemistry thing um, that he clearly has with Keenan and, and Mike Williams. So, um, with Gerald Everett, it's just, it's like, there, there's an issue every week, you know, there's a drop or there's just like a misread or there, you know, you think about the pick six against, you know, against Kansas City, like every game, there's been something like that ball ricochets off his hands for the interception. Um, it, you know, that quite, that relationship hasn't quite materialized. So I think that's what people don't quite understand is, you know, you can't just throw guys out there and they're ready to go. You know, it takes a second for a quarterback and a receiver to get into sync. And, I, and, you know, and I guess that's flies into the face of me saying, hey, go get a receiver. Well, I'm talking about getting a speed receiver. I'm talking about getting someone who can just go. And Herbert the field, can, yeah. Yeah, and, and open things up for Austin, for Gerald Everett, for those underneath routes. Um, and, you, and, and that's the thing, like, yes, is DeAndre Carter fast? Yes, but 
he's not a physical receiver. You can't, same thing with Bandy. Like when you watch when Joe tries to play them on the outside, when Coach Lombardi tries to play them on the outside, they can't get off press. That's just not the kind of receivers they are. They're not big enough. They're not strong enough. So that's where the problem comes in. Um, you know, we're still talking about Josh Palmer's single game last year when he I filled know. in for Keenan. You know, we're still waiting for, for Josh to emerge. We thought this was going to be the year, especially as a third receiver. And he looks so darn good in the preseason and training camp, or I should say in training camp. So there's just so many questions um, around. And, and I don't think people realized what that injury to, to Jalen Guyton meant for this team and how dramatically it would affect the way their offense looks. I mean, I like when you look at it, it's crazy. To, to, to think you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback. And, what Chris, when I go completion, completed air yards per completion, Justin Herbert is 32nd in the league, 4.4. To put that in perspective, Tua is at 8.4. Josh Allen is at 7.4. The guy we're going to see, Marcus Mariota, is at 7.1. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is at 6.9. You know, like Russell Wilson is at six point five. Like four point four is anemic. Like that is like that, and that speaks to the issue they're having with lack of explosive plays. You know, completed air yards per pass attempt. He's thirty second. You know, and and you look at Jalen Hurts. You know, he's got double the you know the completed air yards per pass attempt. Like Geno Smith is in the top five. Josh Allen, Tua. Like those are the guys who are up there. And you think about those offenses and how many points they're putting up and what they look like and then how far back. And the other thing that's weird is, you know, Herbert's not getting sacked. It's the number yeah. one team in the league in sacks. It's like, so what's not happening? You know, like well, that's – I was going to ask you, what do, what do you attribute it to? Is it, is it speed of wide receiver? Is it Justin and his injury maybe? Is it the offensive line shakeups week in and week out? Like – where would you go in terms maybe probably maybe the speed at receiver number one? And I, I just feel like Justin's still battling through something. We don't really hear about it much, but we, we were told when, when this injury occurred that this was going to be something that, that's not going to go away anytime soon. I think the, um, the answer to that is yes. <laughs> all yeah. of those. Yeah, it's all of them. You know, and, and yeah, look, Justin doesn't look right. There, there's just no two ways about it. He doesn't look right. And I, I think it's, you know, it's not trying to say, hey, what's going on? I think we know what's going on. The guy took a shot and he's got fractured rib cartilage and it probably hurts to throw every time he drops back there. Um, he lost his left tackle. His interior line has been, le- you know, his center, his most trusted offensive lineman has been dealing with knee issues and had a vicious bout of food poisoning that kept him out a week and then clearly was not himself in the game against Seattle. Um, you know, Zion has kind of regressed a little bit after starting out the season strong. Matt Filer, I don't think has played as well as he had, as he did last year. Um, you know, and Trey has the MCL, like every single offensive lineman has an issue. So I get it, man. You got fractured rib cartilage. You don't want to be taking shots, um, you know, because you want to keep playing. So I, I think, I think there's myriad issues that have led to one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL since Justin took over in week two, you know, two plus seasons ago to now becoming one of the most check down heavy offenses um, least explosive offenses in the league. And and I'm assuming they did some serious self-scouting, you know, through this two-week window to try to figure out, okay, do we have to scheme it up? What Do we have to just show Justin the film to say, hey, look, you're all right. 
You know, you're, I know you're, you're the, where the clock is in your head because of who's in front of you, but here, let's watch this together. You know, here's this route. DeAndre's coming open here. If you just kind of climb a little bit and shift there, you know, or let's use your legs a little bit more. Let's roll out. Let's do some designed runs to, to keep the, you know, because Justin has not run at all this year. Yeah. Like, you think about what Josh Allen is doing and how his legs are just a ridiculous threat. And obviously what Marcus Mariota is doing in Atlanta for Arthur Smith, we're going to see that firsthand. Like, Justin can do that. So I think that's... Remember that Pittsburgh game, Money? Yeah. Where they, they gave it to him and he took it. Every single Every time. time he took it. Every time. You know, Mahomes does it. Like, that's... And that's one of the greatest weapons that, that Justin has. I mean, he's an incredible athlete. He's fast. He's He's elusive. And he just so happens to be 6'6", 240 pounds. So, like, that's got to come into play. I think some of those RP- – I think, you know, a lot more of those RPOs have got to come into play, you know, where you're using that threat of his legs to may- – maybe that's how, you know, you can get the defense to be on their heels. Because, I- I, to me, defenses have been on their toes, you know, all season long, you know, since the second half of the Kansas City game and, and the rib injury. There has to be a response coming out of the bye offensively and – uh, we just don't know what that's going to be. How are they going to come out against the Falcons? Do you try to match the Falcons with with a running game um, with you know Austin and Sony, similar to what what you did uh, in Cleveland maybe a, a few weeks ago? I don't know if that's the answer. Josh Palmer being relied upon to be the number one guy when you don't have a Keenan and Mike on the field—that's something that we just don't know about. And then you flip it to the Falcons, man. Arthur Smith is a wizard offensively yeah. calling plays. Uh, Mariota is using his legs. DJ did a great film room on just four Mariota running plays and and how Derwin's going to have to be that guy to kind of sniff those out and, and stop him. Plus, you know, they haven't used Kyle Pitts very well or Drake London very well. Um, Pitts in particular, but I think Pitts had five for 80 in a touchdown last week. You don't want to see him get going against the Chargers. Yeah, he's come on. Uh, he is, he's definitely... Come on. I, I'm a huge Arthur Smith guy. Um, absolutely love what he was able to do in Tennessee. You think about, you know, just the career of both Ryan Tannehill and um, and Derrick Henry. You know, Henry was being to some degree labeled as a bust before Arthur really got his hands on him when Lafleur went to Green Bay and, and Arthur took over. As OC, that's when you really saw the emergence of the the King Henry version of Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill's career was resurrected under Arthur Smith. Now you're seeing Marcus Mariota and his career. I mean, guy was just the offensive player of the week. You know, he's yeah. he's got when, when you look at you know when I'm doing my game prep, I just saw it. I got to go back to it. Like you think about now that he's getting comfortable and settling in to uh, to this offense and and getting sort of his head around it and figuring out what Arthur what, what Coach Smith is asking him. To do, Mariota is in the last four weeks, uh, his passer rating. Two is number one, Josh Allen number two, Joe Burrow number three, Jalen Hurts number four, Marcus five. Like he's Kyle Pitts has emerged as a legitimate weapon. So like they're they're starting to figure it out. They're starting to get comfortable with what you know Coach Smith is asking them to do. And the fact that Cordero Patterson's coming back, and you got Algier who really kind of got was able to get his feet wet. He's a bruising back, um, and we obviously know what this Chargers defense has looked like against the run. You know, was there was a temporary fix there for the first couple weeks, and it has since completely fallen apart. Um, back to the dregs, you know, 27th against the run, and they've pretty much allowed an explosive run in, in every single game they've played this season. 
Look at just the d- distribution here of, of rushing yards. So Patterson was out for the last few weeks. He still leads the team with 340 rushing yards. Algier, 324. Mariota, 280. Huntley, 265. So you don't know who's getting the ball, and they're all running it pretty efficiently. 5.9, 3.9, 5.1, 4.6 a pop. Mariota, something has clicked. He looks like Oregon Duck Mariota. And I know that Arthur Smith and, and him had a relationship in Tennessee. We saw Mariota a couple uh, years ago on Thursday Night Football when Carr went out early in that game uh, late in the season. Uh, he's playing really good ball right now. And, you know, I, I think when we saw the schedule come out and coming out of by going to Atlanta, it's like, all right, man, this is a game you absolutely need to take care of. This is going to be a very tough football game for the Chargers. Um, defensively, when you know you're down Rumpf and Bosa, um, Kyle Van Noy on one side, Khalil Mack on the other. Uh, the, the, every single week, it seems like there's been a big explosive run for a touchdown, and they got a bunch of guys who are capable of doing that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's... Um, you mentioned it, you know, the, and, and even pretty much since Joey went down, they've really struggled to, to find that pass rush. You know, it's really only come on... Drew Tranquil blitzes, Derwin James blitzes, you know, Rumpf, you know, Rumpf nor Van Noy um, have been able to fill that void and, and give you any pass rush whatsoever. We've seen it from Morgan Fox. I thought, I, I think he's played very well on the interior in terms of, of you know, providing some pass rush. Um, you know, the problem is with Mariota now, you've got to set an edge. You've got to keep him contained because like you said, he's got 200 in rush yards, you know, 280 rush yards. So, you know, you got issues there. Um, this is not going to be an easy team to defend, you know, not with the threat of their run game. So it's, you know, it's you, you got to, and we know, like I said, the issues that this defense has had against the run. So you've got to play that stout. You're going to have to have Derwin in the box. And now you're talking about Drake London and that big body. You're down J.C. Jackson. Um, you know, Kyle Pitts, who, like I said, has emerged. And the idea would be just to do what you do with Travis Kelsey, right? All right, Derwin, there's Kyle Pitts. Go get him. But I think because of the issues they've had against the run, you know, you've, you know, my guess is they're going to probably play, and like that's the thing, like you can't play a lot of dime. It's it's hard to put a lowy out there, you know, and try to sort of put a, a shell on it that way. Just that's not going to work. Like so, that's it's a it's a tough matchup. It's a really tough matchup for this Chargers defense. And you know what? It's been a tough matchup for every defense. Look what they did. To the And granted, the 49ers were down like darn near their whole team. But I mean, sure. you know, they doubled up the 49ers. Um, you know, they were able to put up some, you know, the points weren't there, but they put up some serious yards against the Bengals. Like those are good defenses that the Saints, they put up 26 on the Rams. They put up 27. Like this is an offense that can move the ball. And, and score points. And they went to, me, to Seattle like I, and beat Seattle too, didn't they? Yeah, in the year? yeah, absolutely. Went up there, beat them 27-20, like put 27 on them. So I think I think to your point, Chris, what I think this this game, Chargers are going to win this game, I think it's going to look like Cleveland. I think this is going to have to be like a 31-20. This is going to have to be a Justin Herbert special. This yeah. is, you know, that's that's I think that's just the only, that's the path to victory that I see is that this is a, hey, Justin got two weeks to rest those ribs. You know, he's a lot more comfortable. And even though he's down his receivers, he's just such a special quarterback. We talked about it. You make, you know, average receivers good, good receivers great, you know. And, and I think it's a game where he makes average receivers good and and does some special things to, to get this team a win with Austin Eckler, you know, 
again, like a 28-25, a 31-28, 35-31 style game is, is what this thing's probably going to have to look like for the Chargers to, to come back, you know, with a victory. So coming out of this bye, four and three, and Money, I'm just looking at the, the conference right now, and things are kind of clearing up already, right? And we're only in week nine. I mean, Chargers, if the season ended today, you're the seventh seed. You got Miami and, and New York in front of you at five and three. Baltimore is looking pretty good right now. And with this Jamar Chase injury, I could see them maybe pulling away. I think they have a pretty soft schedule coming up. KC, five and two. Tennessee, five and two, who you play later, uh, six and one Bills. And then the, the wild cards, the Patriots, the Bengals, I mean, the Colts do not look good. They're 3-4-1. Uh, but you beat Cleveland, you beat Denver. Um, these next three games are so important for the Chargers, man. To, if you can go 2-1 and one and get to like 6-4 and four and just kind of hit Arizona, hit the Raiders, and then you get into that stretch with Tennessee and Miami – you're in good shape, but like you know, typically we say, oh, these NFC games. If you drop them, not the worst thing in the world. Not when you're four and three and you're kind of in in this jumbled mix in the AFC. You need every win you can get. Yeah, I think you, you know, when you look at it. So let's just look at the you know the way that the the conference is shaken out, right? So your division leaders: Bills in the East, Titans in the South, Chiefs in the West, Ravens in the North. All right, so those four, and I, I feel comfortable saying. I think that holds. I think that ends up holding. Yeah. I think those are your division winners. Um, now you ask yourself, are you better than the Jets? Eh, you know, you feel, especially since they lost Brees Hall, you know, their offensive line, they just lost a lot Vera Tucker. There's so many questions about Zach Wilson and, and decision-making. You got disgruntled Denzel Mims and Elijah Moore who had wanted to be traded at the deadline and weren't. So, yeah, I think, obviously, the Jets are in play. Do you feel like you're better than the Dolphins? No. I, I yeah. think just if we're being honest with one another, no. You know, that, that's, that's the most explosive offense going right now that's not in Buffalo, and they just you added could, Bradley you could, Chubb. You could prove us wrong in a, in a month, right? When they yeah, come no, no, I fight. just mean right now. I mean yeah, right, right now. now. You know, when, when they're healthy, it's a different conversation. I'm just talking about right now. Can you maintain your gotcha. slot? That's kind of what I'm getting at. If they're the yeah, number yeah. seven right now, can you maintain this slot? Can you move up or do you slide back? You look what's behind you. You know, Patriots are interesting. You know, it's, they're, they're, they're frisky. I think you feel comfortable saying that. The Bengals are, after a slow start, are starting to hit a little bit of a rhythm. But then you see, I think the Bengals are very similar to the Chargers. You know, they have a great week, and you're like, okay, here we go. Now they're back. And then all of a sudden, they have a game like they had against the Browns, and you're like, what the hell was that? So I think the Bengals and the Chargers are in that exact same conversation. You brought up the Colts. The one that's, you know, the win against the Browns is going to prove to be huge because now – you're two weeks away from getting Deshaun Watson back. Yep. And you know what that run game looks like. The defense has been a mess for the most part. But, like, that's where we now start going, okay, they're in the seven spot. Can the Jets, the Jets slide back? Well, now let's see. you got two slots to play with. And we're talking about the Browns, the Bengals, the Patriots, the Dolphins, um, and the Chargers. Like, that's – I think that's where we start to kind of have this conversation of – you know, how do they hang on? Right now, they're, it is fingernails on that cliff, hanging on to that seven spot, you know, just a half a game ahead of the Patriots right now. So, and a minus 25-point differential. Patriots and Bengals both have plus differentials, you know, and, and had really slow starts to the season. The Chargers, you know, have had that three-game win streak. Can they rediscover some of that magic? And, and, you know, fans may be frustrated with the way 
that they're winning or the way they're losing, frankly, right now. Uh, but if you hang on, you can win ugly in Atlanta. You can win ugly sure. in San Francisco. If you're in the mix and Keenan Allen is back at full strength and Mike Williams is back at full strength and Joey Bosa comes back at full strength, which I think would be huge for this defense, it's a 17-game season for a reason, man. There's ebbs and flows. If you can get these guys back towards the back half of the year, this team, frankly, played a lot better last year than they're playing right now and missed the playoffs. 100%. They could be 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and eight, not playing their best ball. Uh, it still make the playoffs and still get some of these guys back. So that's why I find you so fascinating about this this year money because outside Buffalo and Philly and and you, maybe you put Casey and Dallas right uh, right below that. It's a very average NFL in 2022. Yeah, parity. It's been a it's been a year of parity. Um, no doubt. I think the one and I, and I think just kind of going back to the trade. You know, question, I think you look at the teams that believe they're contenders. You know, the Vikings add Hawkinson. The Eagles add Robert Quinn. You know, the, the Dolphins add Bradley Chubb. The Bills add Naheem Hines. The Chiefs um, go out and get Kadarius Toney. The Ravens get Roquan Smith. Um, you know, the Jets get James Robinson to fill in for Brees Hall. Like, I think that's, you know, sort of where I go back to your trade question. You know, I think that's that's where like, hey, it would be would have been pretty cool to to see them say, you know what, it's a good team through six quarters, man. We were feeling good about this. We were actually feeling good after eight quarters, even though they lost that game to the Chiefs. Felt like yeah. the refs completely robbed them of two interceptions uh, in that game. So not even six quarters through eight quarters. We're like, hey, man, this is a good team. This looks like one of the best teams in football. And then injuries just hit. And like you said, it's. It's all about sustaining until those guys start coming back, you know, and, and if Bosa's going to be eight weeks, well, that's going to be by Arizona, you know, and, and like you said, these next three games, if you can figure out, you know, the, the San Francisco game's the one that I'm really concerned about just because they're healthy on the defensive front and with Christian yeah. McCaffrey now and Trent Williams is back like that, they're, they're getting healthy at a bad time for the Chargers, <laughs> I think yeah. is the best way to put no it. So that's why I just think this Atlanta game is so critical. I think it is so critical where you're not looking at a, a losing streak, you know, and sliding back and falling under 500 and stuff. You know, you get to five and three, and now you got two games to play with just to stay at 500 until you start getting those reinforcements back and adding, you know, some, you know, just, and it's not even necessarily adding guys that aren't out there, but now Trey Pipkins feels back to his normal self at the beginning of the year when he was, you know, really, he was playing really good right tackle. You know, Corey Lindsley is back to 100 percent Justin Herbert is back to a hundred percent Josh Kelly is back out there like that's what I'm getting at you know it's yeah. not I, I know I, I'm maybe I sound like a broken record and I'm talking in circles a little bit on the pod but like that's why these next three weeks are so critical because we know these guys are coming back and and as long as you can stay in the fight and in the hunt for the playoffs until they get back I feel good you know we're talking about oh this is a gnarly stretch okay well if you can make it through it you know, then you get Arizona, and then you get Vegas, and you get Tennessee at home. You get the Colts. You know, where are the Rams going to be in Week 17 with all the tumult there? They're in Tampa this week. They could be three and five. Yeah. Um. You know, by the time you know at this time next week, and and three games back after having been swept in the division by the 49ers and and not having played the Seahawks yet, like 
Like the back end of the season could really work in the Chargers' favor if they can just figure out a way. And they did. Look, they figured out how to win ugly against Denver. They figured out how to win a shootout in Cleveland. They figured out how to hang on, you know, after after blowing a 24-point lead in Houston. Like they were able to win ugly. So win pretty. You know, win pretty in Atlanta, score 31 points, have everybody say that's the Justin Herbert we remember and we have not seen in four or five weeks. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned some of these other guys because we seem to focus in on Keenan and Mike and Rashawn for good reason. And Joey Bosa, uh, J.C. Jackson, a lot of these big names that have been out. But, uh, you know, Pipkins gutted it out in Cleveland. And um, Corey has been in and out of the lineup and has gutted it out. You know, so there's guys who, who – Josh Kelly, another one, who, who, was, who was a great number two to Austin in that Cleveland game. These are pieces that – have been in and out of the lineup or haven't been 100% that you're hoping will get to full strength in coordination with these guys coming back that, you know, the big names that, that we talk about. So it's not just the big names. There's, there's been guys that have been playing through injury um, that may not be at full strength or have been in and out of the lineup, which causes further, I think, maybe disruption on an offense or a defense. So, you know, right now, you know, Chris Rumpf is another example, a, a guy who um, – Depth is going to be tested now with just Van Noy and uh, and Khalil as your starters on the edge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's and again, no reinforcements, you know, and and yeah. that's kind of where the whole wow, Robert Quinn was traded for a sixth or whatever it was. It set like that's sort of where that that trade deadline I think for fans comes in. Like how you know, okay, let's go through your draft picks this year. Your most successful draft pick out there is the second you traded for Khalil Mack. <laughs> you know, I know it cost you 22 million bucks, but like JT Woods has not been active for a game. Isaiah Spiller has one carry on the year. You know, Jamari Sawyer has played great, your sixth round pick, but you know, Xander Horvath has been, you know, touchdowns back-to-back weeks to start the season, but not necessarily integral part. You know, Dean and Jasir have, you know, had one critical play together against the Broncos that led them to the win. But you kind of see what I'm saying. You got to be careful. You don't value your draft picks too much. Yeah. You know, that expecting all seven of those to, to make an impact, you know, for a team that's really built to win right now. And I think that's where maybe some of that frustration came from. But again, it takes two, you know, it takes two, it takes a partner. And you know, you've got to find that partner that wants to, to work with you and, you know, unfortunately, it's not like there were 30 trades and the Chargers were the only team that didn't do it. I think there were 11, you know, and it's, so it's not like, and, and look, some of them I didn't even like, you know, like the, the idea of expending, uh, you know, a, a second for Chase Claypool, that was awfully rich. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, but at the same time, I get it. They need to develop Justin Fields, you know, wins and losses be damned in, in Chicago this year, you've got to develop that quarterback. You traded two firsts. He's shown you flashes. You've got to give him opportunities. So, like, when you say, oh, what about Chase Claypool? Yeah, they paid a premium because their quarterback needs wide receivers. He, they, they have to evaluate him, you know, and figure out, you know, where he is. So, like, each, each exchange is, you know, is its own entity. It's not like it's, it, you know, that the Chargers aren't in this vacuum where, oh, well, they could have gotten Claypool for that second or what, you know. That's not how it works. It's not necessarily how it works. So, um, you know, it's, uh, again, they're going into Atlanta with Jason Moore, DeAndre Carter, Michael Bandy, and Josh Palmer. The good part of that is the quarterback's Justin Herbert. Yeah. And as long as Joe Lombardi and, and Justin and, and Shane Day 
and you know Chris Beatty are all able to get on the same page because they had two weeks to prepare for it and get some chemistry, then I've got more faith in it than I would were somebody else playing quarterback. You know, and, and then hopefully, you know, Mike, this is week two. Now you're talking about maybe Mike getting back for the Arizona game. Hopefully Keenan gets three weeks of rest here if he's not going to play in Atlanta and that hamstring is finally ready to go. Then you can try to hit some rhythm, you know, and close out the season strong and just get into the tournament. Now all of a sudden you're healthy and the, the Chargers become the proverbial team that nobody wants to play because everybody's now back out there. And we look like, you know, they, they look like they did in week two against Kansas City like a freaking buzzsaw. Let's get to the rookie conversation real quick because you're right. Threes and fours should be making an impact on a football team. JT Woods we haven't seen. Isaiah Spiller got one touch in that Seattle game. And I'm looking at the other side of Seattle and seeing guys like Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant and the two tackles and Kenneth Walker. These guys are all contributing right now. Do you think JT Woods can make a difference at some point during the second half of the season, especially with the depth being tested in the secondary? And is it time to give Isaiah Spiller a little bit more run, um, especially when you know you're down speed at the receiver position and you're down Joshua Kelly and you saw the success that you had running the football a few weeks ago. Maybe Spiller can fill that void. And by the way, he can catch the ball out of the backfield too. Yeah, he's going to have to, Chris. I yeah. mean, because really Sony has been good at short yardage. You know, that's really it. Sony has not been explosive. Uh, he's not been really a threat in the passing game. He's had a couple receptions that have been, you know, solid receptions. But to me, you know, he is. It's third and one, and let's go get two yards. Like, that's when they've really used him. So Isaiah has has got to become a part of this running attack. You know, he just he has to, like Josh Kelly was, and how he had emerged and how much better it looked with him out there. But, like, to me, it's so much bigger than that. I think it's a blocking it. The front is getting no push. They're getting pushed back. And that's the issue with running the ball. One, two, I think it's scheme. I would love to see, like, give me some Deandre Carter in motion, just flip him some, some of those, you know, Patrick Mahomes special shovel passes when he's kind of streaking across or give him some jet sweeps just to, just to show it, you know, just to put it out there. Um, you know, so I think, that's the sort of stuff that I expect to see in Atlanta with the extra yeah. week of prep and just kind of, and that's the other thing. Like when you watch, when you're watching these other teams, you know, when you get the week off and you see what the Cowboys are doing with Tony Pollard and what Dak's doing from a running standpoint at the quarterback position, or, you know, what, what the Eagles are doing with AJ Brown and how, the, how Nick, our old friends, Nick and Shane are scheming it up, you know, out there um, with Jalen hurts. Like you, you're seeing some of these teams and you're like, man, that's, like, okay, let's see some of that. Let's get some of that going here. You know, and you know what Gino and 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 Pete Carroll are doing up in Seattle, you know, with like you said, it's all rookies. Yeah. Um and it's amazing what one rookie class can do for a team, you know, because you think about the the, the Richard Sher- Sherman class with Bobby Wagner and Richard Sher- like, you know, and 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 what that can mean for a team and like you, you see it. Um you know, now look, some classes take longer to develop, takes two, three years. Maybe they have players in front of them. You know, I think the idea with JT was, you know, you allow Derwin to play that money, that star, and JT and and Nas can both play on, in that too high shell up top. And so you end up playing a lot of dime with Derwin as that, you know, that dime backer. But, you know, with how badly it's been, against the run and just the inability to get push against the run and, and just the way Kenneth Walker ran over him last week, I think is certainly alarming. And it's, 
it's hard to envision that. So I think, you know, going back to your original point of, you know, should these rookies be making more of an impact? I think when you look at some other teams, yeah, but also who's in front of them, you know? And, and I think when, when Josh was healthy, we felt good about Austin and, and Josh being your one-two punch when, when Kelly had found that rhythm. Um, again, I, you know, I, I, I feel like, yeah, Sony has not quite shown what we had hoped he might show when he was signed as a free agent. So I might have put Spiller in there and just given him a look a little bit. But, um, you know, corners might be asked to do something now. You know, Dean, Dean Leonard and, and Josh here with the injury to, you know, to JC, they may be asked to get out there for a couple reps. And, and you know, that's where we may see them to come into play. But again, Xander Horvath had touchdowns the first two weeks. And Jamar Sawyer's been great. You know, has been great as a fill-in sixth rounder for Rashawn Slater and, and not getting too leaky and having the line completely break down. So that's been a great pick as well. Yeah. You're right. I mean, Sawyer goes in for a reason because Slater's out. And, right. You know, Spiller, we may see. Maybe this back half of the season is going to be the uh, the impact that this team needs. Um, I guess we'll get out of here on keys to the game, and you kind of said it. Like, this needs to be a Justin Herbert special offensively. Defensively, it'll have to be a Derwin James special. I told you DJ kind of broke down plays of, uh, of Derwin kind of sniffing out the run. But – with Kyle Pitts there too, I mean, you may have to play Derwin everywhere. I mean, what do you think the key is defensively? Because the run game, it starts there. But when you have weapons like Drake Leonard and Kyle Pitts just out there, you always have to account for them. Yeah, to me, it's it's kind of the same thing with with the Seattle game. You know, it's, hey, let's just get some pressure on Geno. Like, okay, if he can, if he can get the reads – if you're blitzing and it's Drew or it's Kenneth or it's Derwin and he's able to get the ball out and they beat you fine. But I just felt like defensively they allowed him a clean pocket and all kinds of time. And they weren't able to slow down Kenneth Walker. And Gino was just taking those 10, 12. I mean, think about those third downs. They had third and 12s, third and 15s. And they're just rushing four, and no one can get home. You know, there's just no pass rush opposite Khalil. He's getting double teamed. And I, I think, to me, defensively, I just like to see him get more aggressive. I, I, would, I would really like to see them get more aggressive. Drew is so good at timing up his blitzes. You know, Kenneth, when he's been given a single assignment, hey, go here fast. He's been good. This year, you know, I, I think, you know, Derwin is exceptional at timing up his blitzes and, and getting to the quarterback and, and being able to get by chips from the tight end or the running back to get sacks or create pressures or hurries. So defensively, that's what I'd like to see. I just, you know what, if Mariota is able to beat you, you know, he's never been the most accurate quarterback. I know his accuracy has been way up this year, but just he's got enough of a resume that he's had some accuracy issues. You know, I, I would love to see that. Don't don't let them pick you apart. You know, don't let them dominate time of possession. Don't let them deflate you because they're converting third and twelves and third and sixteens like we've seen regularly this year. Go get them. You know, and if they get you, they get you. Um, so I think defensively, that's what I'd like to see. But ultimately, I'm looking at it right now, Chris. I mean, uh, points: Chargers 31, Falcons 29. Yards: Chargers 20th, the Falcons 31st. Passing yards: Falcons 32nd. Uh, scrimmage yards per play, Chargers 29th, Falcons 31st. Like, it ain't pretty. Score, po- score points, man. Get out there and take advantage because they didn't take advantage, you know, of the Seattle run defense that was allowing 170 yards per game. They I did know. nothing. 
Yeah. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta take advantage of of a team's weakness. And through eight games, that's what the Falcons are. It's halfway through the season. They've told you they cannot stop the pass. So go on out there and get it, and and let's see if you can win a shootout. Yeah, maybe a big day for Palmer and, and Gerald Everett. Yeah, Austin coming out of the backfield. You never know, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think that's I think it's gonna have to be if they're gonna come back here with a win and. And uh, I fully believe they can. I, I 100% believe that this is a winnable game. You've, yes, the Falcons are 4-4 four and, four and in first place, but when you look at their season, 27-26, 31-27, 27-23, 23-20, 21-15, you see what I'm getting at? They're all tight games because their defense can't stop anyone. Yeah. So you're going to be in this game. You know, you should be in this game. And, you know, Herbert with the extra week to get those ribs healthy, you know, I've, I've got, I got faith that, that – this is going to be that Justin Herbert special, and he's going to remember. He's going to remind a lot of people, you know, why he, he's being talked about as, "Hey, if you had the number one pick of any quarterback in the league for the next ten years, who do you want?" Uh, I just, I feel like it's going to be that kind of game. Yeah, and it's going to have to be right without without Keenan and Mike. If Justin can show, hey, we can get this done on my shoulders. Yeah, you get the five and three in today's NFL. Five and three is pretty good in today's NFL, especially in no the doubt. AFC. We'll see what Joe Lombardi cooks up offensively. Money, looking forward to it, man. I'll see you this weekend and uh, see if the Bolts can get back in the win column. Get to 5-3 and three before another NFC game, NFC West, Sunday Night Football against the Niners. We'll get into that next week, but Atlanta exactly. this Sunday. <laughs> exactly. Just as long as I don't see you at the varsity at 9 a.m. with one of those greasy burgers because we stayed out too late on Saturday night. We'll be good. Yeah, that would be a problem, right? <laughs> yes, it would be. <laughs> All right, for Money, I'm Chris. This has been Chargers Weekly, Week 9. 